police in the morning. From the movie studio that made her a household name, world-famous horror actress Rebecca Raven travels to the country for rest and relaxation and a battle with a flesh-starved ghoul hungry to turn her into zombie leftovers. Meanwhile, the studio executives rifle through past productions to find a sexy new star for their next film, and two fright flicks grab them by the eyeballs. One of them feature killer aliens crash-landed in a junkyard that wage war on its shotgun-toting owner with a 50-foot-tall demon born of scrap metal and junk car parts. In the other, an oversized, understimulated hunk of evil brain experiments on beautiful young women for the purpose of experiencing human sensual pleasure. Can these bloodthirsty creatures somehow be real? And will there be a brand new Rebecca Raven to send them kicking and screaming back to monster hell? I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the The B-Movie Bros. Here we B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. Here we are. With the uh, the 2005 film of Shockorama, you heard what the back of the DVD box had to say. Let's dive right into the shit with our technical difficulties, top and bottom three, for uh, week two of Misty Monday Month. Sounds good. So I want to start with the uh, with the bottom here, and uh, this is an anthology flick, flick with you know three three miniature movies, kind of, sort of in it. They're different segments, to say the least. But, uh, of course, as always, uh, spoiler alerts before we get started. Number three on the bottom for me. So, this is more of a missed opportunity kind of thing, because the one producer looks like a second-rate J. Jonah Jameson. And, you know, because of all of his looking for a new actress and everything, they just missed the opportunity for him to just scream out, Bring me pictures of tits! <laughs> I mean, that, that was his main concern in casting a new actress, but nope. No Spider-Man reference, not at all. I said tits, Parker. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, the wraparound story is pretty weak in connecting the films. It's literally just two guys watching movies to extend the runtime of the entire flick, while the like main movie is happening like way off somewhere in the woods. And number one, the quote-unquote dream sequence in Lonely Are the Brain playing out at the same time with the same character that's awake doing other things in the same places was really annoying more than it was like mind-bending or anything else. It's just like okay, one character's pretending to be another character in a dream while the other character is being themselves but in a half-dream state wandering around the same fucking set. Like, What's what's going on and what's not going on? Don't really care. Let's get to the next tit shot. Who knows? So number three, um, I didn't dislike any of the segments of the anthology, but I didn't particularly love y- any of them either. They were they're okay. They I've seen worse. I've seen better, but none of them were particularly memorable. So number two, I like the second one the best in the anthology, but it was told differently. Like the like Corey had said, the other ones were told through like movies that the other two guys were making. This one was told from stuff that was going on with uh, Misty Monday's uh, character, like in real time, and it was the most thematical with what I thought the theme of the overall wraparound story was. But it just seemed weird, and it, I mean, it, it was necessary for the conclusion. I just wish that, like, it had 
I wish it had blended w- better with the other ones, or that the other ones had blended better with that one. Um, either way, I I, th- I think it could have been done a little better. And number one, so going with the second story, it's the only one that like really fit the overall theme. The other two were enter- entertaining, but they're really random on, uh, by comparison. I'll, I'll explain more of that in my top three, but um, yeah, it's usually with a really good anthology there needs to be like a central like theme tying them together I mean, not necessarily but i thought that's what they were going with and the other two the first and the third one they were just kind of random occurrences so i don't know maybe I, maybe i missed something with that but um i definitely didn't think that they 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 really could have been anything and they were kind of mediocre to say the least so on to the top for me in the number three spot on the top, I loved looking around the office of the movie producer and finding like different posters and shit that had been modified from other movies to fit the the characters and uh, what was going on um, for the wraparound segment of the film. Number two, the uh, the s- the second story, which is also the wraparound story, or is it the third story? Or I don't fucking know anymore. It's the zombie this portion. Second yeah. one. The the twist in it, which is much better than uh, the same twist that was done in fucking Death Proof with Kurt Russell. And, uh, you know, Misty Monday's overall performance, it's just, you know, this is one of the better, you know, performances that she gives in a movie, especially one that's not an out-and-out softcore porn. And number one, I actually really love the, the mechorachnia alien segment. You've got fucking junk mecha spiders built by aliens. There's an intentional lack of character chemistry and just the the cheesy special effects that they use in addition to the like practical effects they use just make it an all-around fun, you know, lovable old-school feeling shitty sci-fi movie. I did like how the little alien looks like a mutated praying mantis with a laser gun. <laughs> that was pretty amazing. Alright, number three. So, I like the fact this story with the wrap-up story, it it wasn't like a very deep look into low-budget slack films, but it at least was a very self-aware look. Like, um, Misty Monet's character was tired of like how her character was, per- was portrayed, and the directors were like, well, we can get anyone. We just need like a, you know, woman who's willing to be naked on screen. And it was just um, yeah, very self-aware look, and I, I kind of I kind of enjoyed that. Number two, each story was different in its own way. Um, I yeah, they were. They I don't think that any of them were really fantastic. They were fun. I'll give them that. But at least with the second one, it kind of went with the theme of um, kind of like the uh, B movie, like um. Kind of a self-aware look at like the slock kind of uh, films, whereas the other two didn't. So I definitely appreciate the second one a bit more. And number one, um, yeah, there's plenty of gore and uh, stuff going on, lots of monsters. Um, um, yeah, visually, um, the film is really good. Well, something that we didn't really talk about was the dialogue for this film. So let's have ourselves a good old-fashioned quote war. Quote war. We'll quote this film back and forth. You tell us who the better quotes. I'll get us started off with, you ungrateful bitch, pick up the fucking phone. Wipe that smirk off your face, you little pervert. Fuck you and your little dick-ass studio. You have no idea how much I missed your bitching. 
Aside from the fact that my left testicle is stuck in my zipper, I'm grand. Midget space aliens are trying to kill you. I'm going to chop you into little zombie cutlets. I'm just a hallucination, remember? That ends this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this film or anything else you'd like to say about it, please leave it in the comments below. I got to say that while doing the, the wipe your smirk off your face, I almost quoted um, the second um, Home Alone movie where it's like, get get out of here, you nosy little pervert. I'm going to slap you silly. I'm like, wait, wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to give this film our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scales are of our scale, 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a 2 out of 10. I gave it a 3 out of 10. So, Shakurama is a fun anthology experiment meant to showcase two things. Boobs and special effects. It does both of these quite well. The movie leans heavier into special effects earlier in the movie and more into nudity during its later half. Especially the third one. It also provides a good genre balance in its sci-fi, horror comedy, and psychological short sorts. Everything plays out in a well-paced and kind of cohesive environment it, to me. You know, everything bad I have to say about it really is just kind of nitpicking. And really, those things all seem to be intentional and truly are inconsequential to the film itself. So, Shakaram is a fun anthology uh, anthology film that was more self aware, kind of a self aware examination of low budget sh um, schlock films as a whole. Each story was unique and entertaining in their own way, as was the wraparound story tying them together. That being said, None of the segments were particularly great or memorable, and only one of them seemed to fit what I thought was going to be the theme, theme of the overall film. Um, like Corey said, I guess the theme was gore and tits, but at least it seemed a little more self-aware that it would be more than that. I mean, I expected that, but it just seemed like there was a missed opportunity with a lot of that. Which, it's hard to say a film like Schlockerama is, is wasted potential, considering that, yeah, it's a low-budget gore film about gore and tits. But it definitely seems like there's more under the surface than in, like than your average schlock film. But it just wasn't really examined, so I don't know. I enjoyed it. it I'd rate it above average of uh, movies like this, but I don't know. I just felt like it could have been more, which is probably on me, to be honest. Well, you know, we always have ways to drink away the splick. Drink away the splick. So come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the splick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll give you some drinking games for this film. But remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time someone gets naked, take a drink. Number two, every time you see a poster with Misty Monday in the background, take a drink. Number three, whenever something shoots, take a drink. And number four, anytime the producer or director person talks about an actress's appearance, take a drink. Every time someone uses a weapon, take a drink. Every time you see a new creature, take a drink. Every time the two directors argue, take a drink. And every time you see a new photo of an actress, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away the splick. If you have any thoughts about this movie or anything else beam-related, leave us a comment on either iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us at gmail.com, like us on Facebook at facebook.com, bmoviebros, follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros, or on personal Twitter at bmoviepulp. You can check out all other all the other content, including reviews, interviews, and chats, or website bmoviebros.com, where we have new shows each week. If you want to help support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links right below. Well, we've come to the end of week two for Misty Monday Month, and... Uh you know, for me, in the number two spot is going to be Sinful, uh, which was, I think, ironically funny. Like, I don't think it was supposed to be, but 
it was. And in number two, Shankarama, which I think intentionally was supposed to be funny, and to me, it was. This one's tough because both movies are very different. I, I enjoyed both of them for different reasons. Um, right now, I'm going to put uh, Sinful at number two just because I just I felt like Shakurama was more in the spirit of a B-movie while I kind of respect Sinful for doing something different. I don't think it landed as well. Um, that might change. I'm going to have to think about these two for a while. And I mean, it's still still a couple weeks in the month, so we'll see how things go. Well, next week we'll be taking a look at the 2003 film Screaming Dead. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> <laughs>